Stand upright, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be unto all. And to Our reading is from the Holy Gospel according to the evangelist Saint Matthew. If ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But where thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head, and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers in his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give unto you. And they went their way. And again he went out about the sixth hour and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and saith unto them, why stand you here all day idle? They say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his steward, Call the laborers, and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good men of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made us equal unto them, which have borne the burden heat of the day. And he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that that is thine, and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as thou, unto thee. Is, is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine evil because mine is good? So the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. For many be called, but few chosen. Is there any more botches coming to step on? Uh, oh, there are? Okay. I don't know if I should wait a minute or two. Anyway, after the service, uh, the liturgy of the divine liturgy will have the uh, forgiveness of Vespers immediately starting right after. If you're not familiar with the service, basically it's a Vespers service, at the end of which we have the special rite of forgiveness. We do this every year on the beginning of Lent. Actually, Lent's already started because of the Prochemon on Vespers, which is a, a special Prochemon today. Uh, that's where we actually enter Vespers. And so after this Vespers service, we do this rite of forgiveness. So what we do is the priest will stand here, and the other priest will come here, and we'll ask forgiveness of one another, and you can watch how we do it. 
But basically what you say is, forgive me a sinner. And the other person answers, God forgives and I forgive. Now what I suggest we do is say, both say the same thing, God forgive me a sinner. And then bow and God forgives and I forgive. And we'll go to every single person. So the, the priest will start, then we'll go to the subdeacon readers, and then uh, down by the families. And we'll just make a line kind of around that way and around the side of the church so that um, we can uh, get everybody a chance to ask forgiveness of everyone else. As our gospel says today, forgiveness is an important thing. So we're going to start off Lent doing what God asks us to do. He's asking forgiveness from our heart, not just outwardly, of everyone. Because, you know, I think you might say, well, I don't know all these people. There's a cosmic dimension to sin, which I'm not preaching on today, but I'll, I'll give you a little insight. When you sin, everything around you is contaminated, whether you know it or not. And even when you walk into a place where you've never been before, if you come in as a holy person, you're like the apostles. They took note they've been with Jesus. When you come in having sinned, you're weakened. And so we can ask forgiveness of every brother and sister here, whether we know them or not, because we've sinned through the year. And we've sinned against the everything, but the least of which is against God. So may God bless us all as we do this right of forgiveness at the end of the Vespers. Uh, Today, I'm going to preach on the gospel of Matthew chapter 6. And um, when I was looking at it, I was saying there's, there's three acts in this thing. There's forgiveness, there's fasting, and then there's treasure. But it, how do I get an F out of treasure? False treasure. Well, I just thought on the way to church today, there's something better, actually. It's, it's another F. Phony. Does that spell it wrong? <laughs> Phony with a PH. But it's pronounced like an F. Because really, in this gospel today, the Lord teaches us that he wants reality. We need reality and spiritual reality. Reality that's consonant with his gospel and with his desires and his will for our lives. Because we we saw last week, there's a judgment coming. So we want ourselves to be in line with God's reality while we still have time on this earth to make good of it. And so the Lord warns us in his gospel about three kinds of phony things that can pollute us and that delude us, I'd say, into thinking that we're okay because outwardly we look some way when inwardly we're bereft of anything that's spiritual, truly. Our hearts are cold to God. Then the last day when the judgment comes, the judgment will be as to everything, thoughts, motives, and actions. Everything, God will, will judge everything because he knows the secrets of our hearts. And so it is that he warns us at the beginning of these three things as we start Lent today. That first of all, we need to forgive men who trespasses, as our Heavenly Father forgives us when we forgive them. There's something about the spiritual dynamic of forgiveness. That when you forgive your brother and your sister, your wife, your husband, your parents, your boss, the person around you was rude to you, there's something about that forgiveness which is cleansing. It cleanses, first of all, your own heart and puts you in a place where God blesses you. He forgives you as you forgive others. But it has another dimension. Because when you forgive people, your anger for them goes away. Your bitterness goes away. And you smooth out relationships between you and everyone around you. Forgiveness is a dynamic thing. When you forgive someone, it feeds other people to forgive and to be holy like God would have them to be. And so God says to us at the beginning of his gospel that we should forgive men their trespasses. And if we don't do what he says, we're in danger of losing his forgiveness. We desperately need his forgiveness. I don't know if you know how much you need it. But I think we all ought to think about what we need forgiveness for. We've sinned against God in millions of ways, in thought, word, and deed. 
And so it is with these sins, when we approach God, we need forgiveness of those sins. And God says, if you want that forgiveness, if you want to have a clean slate with me, forgive your brothers and your sisters. Now, forgiveness is something which can be very shallow at times. I'm, I'm sure you've said, I forgive you to someone who you didn't really forgive. It's not with the words that forgiveness really becomes actuated. It's with your heart. Or in your heart, you can really truly say, I forgive you. And I'm lifting that burden that you placed on my heart, perhaps by your evil sin. And I'm just taking it and throwing it away. I'm not going to hold on to it. That forgiveness comes from your heart. And out of the heart, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, I forgive you. That's the kind of forgiveness God wants. He doesn't want phony forgiveness. We just say, oh, I forgive you. But inside is all that bitterness and that anger and that wrath still there. No phony forgiveness before God. Don't let phony forgiveness come out of your mouth. If you say it, take it back and say, you know, I really don't forgive you yet. I'm working on it. But don't let a lie go out of your lips. Be real before God. Have real forgiveness, and God will forgive you. On fasting, there's a phony fasting, too, and he tells us what it is. It's a phony fasting which wants to be seen in men as being a great self-denier, a great ascetic, a great spiritual giant of the faith. And so you go out in your sackcloth, and you go out and you weep and you gnash your teeth, but inside your heart's dirty, unclean, vile, wicked, covetous. There's a phony fasting. He says, the hypocrites do this. They're the ones that say one thing and do another. They say, do this, and they do the opposite. They fast outwardly. They have a sad countenance, he says. Their face looks sad, like I'm in pain. Oh, but I'm suffering. How great is my suffering? They've got the martyr complex. They go out and they want everybody to know, I'm suffering for Jesus. That's not the kind of fast that God wants. He doesn't want a disfigured face that appears before men to fast. But he desires, rather, the fast where the heart is trying to engage with God. When we're trying to get victory over our flesh and our sinful nature, we're trying to fight back against it by fasting with a desire to draw close to God so that we can see his face. I think fasting is um, a, a much ignored um, facet of society today, particularly Christian society. Well, when you become orthodox, you quickly realize there's too much fasting. <laughs> there is too much fasting. Too much for the natural man. And our goal is to drive away that natural man as much as possible so that we can embrace fasting. We always set off in the fast. I think most of us do. Same as we'll sing. Let us enter the fast with joy. We do. But then it starts to beat us down because our flesh starts to rebel against the weakness that it has. It wants to go back to where it was. It wants to be comfortable. It wants to be well fed. It wants to be well slept. It wants to be able to take its ease during service time and so on. Well, the hypocrites are examples of how not to fast. The outward man looks really like it's fasting. And when you sit down and you eat your lentils or whatever you eat during fast, whatever your go-to food is, or your peanut butter or whatever it might be, you just do it with a sad face and everybody knows you're fasting. But you know, the thing is, God's looking at your heart when you do that. It's all in vain. Just like phony forgiveness, phony fasting. No matter what, just not do it. Just go have a steak dinner every night. Because phony fasting before God is despicable. He says so right here. Don't be like the hypocrites. Just they go out with a sad face. And they look like they're fasting. Unto men, they, they are fasting. But unto me, they're not going to get any reward. Because they're far from me. And they're not desiring to draw near to me. The reason for their fasting is just to be seen in men, to be something special, something holy, something lifted up. Oh, see how great I, I am? I fast. 
you know, I, I can do it all. You're just a weakling next to me. I'm just so great because I can fast so much. He wants us to do it differently. He doesn't want anybody to know when you walk out of the workplace that you're fasting. But you know, everyone say, man, you call quiet walk of the office. This fast is killing me. Oh, really? What's that? Oh, we don't eat. Really? That's crazy. Yeah, you're right. It is. But we, we have to do it, you know. That's not the attitude of fasting. The fasting attitude that God wants is where you go out, and to men, it's secret that you're fasting. They can't see because of your face. They can't see because of your drawn cheeks or your red eyes or anything else you might have physically. It shows you're wearing down. Your temper, perhaps. They can't see any of that. All they see is somebody who has got a washed face and whose head is anointed and who's holy and who's special and who has the glow of God on their face. Not the kind of drawn out look of beaten down people. This is what God doesn't want. He says, if our fast, if it's real, God's going to reward you openly. I thought about this a little bit and openly is a term which we could, we could confuse, I think. When he says openly, he's not saying, if you fast, then do it right into me. Like instantly, I'm going to give you some big reward. Like you're going to win the lottery because you shouldn't be playing that anyway. So you'll never win the lottery, Christian. So don't, don't even waste your money. It's just gambling. Wealth gotten by which is by vanity diminished, the scripture says. So I don't think we're too much for gambling as Christians. But anyway, that's just an aside. But he wants us to go out and he wants us to practice his fasting the way he can reward us openly. And the reward of openness, I think, is that day that we studied last week, the great judgment, how great the throngs were. When the last judgment comes is when you're going to get your reward. You may get it before that. I'm not holding God back. God's blessed many of us, right? Financially, God's blessed many of us. Health, he's blessed many of us. Something has but neither of those things come to the many other things that have been deprived from in this life. But what we're seeking for, brothers and sisters, is what the last part says, is the reward of the treasure that faith not away. So we don't want phony fasting. We want fasting that's going to bring God's reward. And God's reward is this, I'll say. It's clear this, and I would request this of each one of you as you enter the fast. Fight your biggest sin. Don't do it. Put it behind you for 49 days or 47 days. Don't do it. God's going to reward you for that. When you put off the old man who's corrupt, he gives you life. And he'll invigorate you as you go on the struggle. True fasting is to put off the old man and put on the new, not just one or the other. And so might we fast, not a phony way, but in a real way, so God can give us that open reward. The last judgment for sure, and before that, with a sense of his closeness, his presence, and his power in our life to get more victories. Well, lastly, he talks about this phony treasure. I think so many in the world, ourselves included at times, get deluded and tricked by the phony treasure. What is the phony treasure? Is it money? Tell me what the phony treasure is. What do you think the phony treasure is? Just blurt it out. Maybe you know what the phony treasure is. What? Affections of others. Could be, yeah. That's a good one. It's not just money. Be careful. The Lord says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It could be a lot of things that your treasures are. It could be your entertainments. It could be your lusts. It can be money. It can be prestige. It can be power. It can be, like Karen said, affection. It could be a lot of things. All of which those people, those were hypocrites that fast or phony, 
And the ones that give false forgiveness are, they're doing it all the time. They don't understand where your treasure is, your heart will be. And so on the day of the great judgment, when God reveals all things, the secrets of the heart will be known, as well as the deeds of the flesh. How sorely disappointed people will be that laid up each treasure in these things that will be gone in one second when you die. I read an interesting article this morning on, it was a neurosurgical article. You know, my son's practicing neurosurgery. And um, it was on a recent study that was made. Some guy at the University of Louisville, I think it was, in Louisville, Kentucky, did a study that was, it was happenstance. It, it was kind of a, I guess you could say, maybe a little bit of a minor miracle in a way because as a Christian, we see something good in this. But they were monitoring some guy's deep brain waves like several different levels. I think there's like six different levels of brain waves they look at. And they happened to be doing this because he was going to go into something that, that, that they knew was going to happen, seizure. And they were monitoring him, and they thought he might die. Well, he had a heart attack and died. So they had six levels of brainwave modification and, and, and reporting done through his entire period of death. And what they saw is that right at the moment of death, there was all sorts of interesting brainwaves activity, indicative of what is usually memory recall, thought, deep thought, and other things. The point being is, is that the moment of death, we're going to pass through the time when this flesh is no more. And we're going to enter a place where the only treasure that matters is the real treasure, not the phony treasure. The real treasure is a soul that's been sanctified by fasting, by forgiveness, by prayer, by services, by reading the scripture, by drawing close to God. That's the real self that's laying up real treasures, not phony treasures. This is what God's saying to us. Don't let your treasure be stuff. The thief of death will come and snatch from you at the moment of your death. Naked we come, the word says through Job. Naked we go. May God help us to avoid the phony attractions of this life, the phony distractions, the phony words, the phony forgiveness, the phony thoughts, the phony prayers, and to be real Christians. We hear all the time all the things he wants us to do. Let's just do them. To set off on the fast, may God help us to bind our sins and to draw near to him through real fasting, forgiving our brothers and sisters really, and putting away the treasures of this earth and seeking instead the treasures of heaven. And may God richly bless us all on our journey. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.